I wrote an article for Music Business Worldwide last week, I guess, and uh, I'm going to read it on here, sort of like your Audible, but it's free, and it's me, and it's better. So if you're not familiar, Music Business Worldwide is a music industry trade website, publication, I don't know what you call these you know, writing, (laughs) Um, but it's industry centric. It's by a man named Tim Ingham. And he is, in my opinion, from what I've seen, he's just the, the best at what he does. There are indie granular analysts that do really cool stuff. There are big editors. There's, you know, of course, there's Hits Magazine, But no one really, I think Tim is kind of like, you don't need to understand. So like Mark Mulligan, like he goes so granular, you can't understand it if you're not industry. And he's amazing. The stats are amazing. And then there's like Billboard and Hits. Hits is, Hits is what, you know, is Hits. Um, And Billboard is the biggest. But no one understands how to balance the granular, the inside baseball stuff with the broad translation. And Tim writes in such a way and he interviews in such a way that anyone can understand it. And I really encourage the most novice creatives to subscribe to to read Music Business Worldwide because of the way that Tim communicates with all of us. So it's, it's the pinnacle for for the inside baseball people for the industry people who speak fluent music industry it's great and he breaks all the stories and he breaks things down so when spotify is talking about their quarterly earnings he's the one to go translate it and you go elsewhere and they don't understand they talk about you know oh my god it's perplexing blah 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 and and they're idiots and they they just don't tim really knows his stuff he has great sources people tell people trust him and they tell him stuff so it's all it's all all the inside information is there yet Anyone can understand it. So I really encourage you, if you have the slightest bit of interest outside of just like, you know, it's not like what's, it's, 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 you don't go to music business worldwide to find playlists and stuff to find new music. You go there to understand the ins and outs, not just of the, the, the business, but just how music gets made. And Tim does a great job at that. So uh, there's been a few times in my life where, where I've delivered things directly to him because I feel that he is very much akin to something that I have always prided with access to the rest of the world. Like, I don't see why people don't say things in public. Like, when I was at Apple and um, we were getting in all this, all these, all these public fights with Taylor Swift and with Lucian Grange about exclusives and this and that and about paywalls and stuff. And like, it was all bullshit. And none of us could say anything. We were all no, it's uh, this and that. We had to we had to pretend all all this stuff. And um, and when I left, I could say whatever I wanted, honestly. Because whatever, I'm, I'm actually I don't want to get in trouble, but <laughs> to say why I could say whatever I wanted. <laughs> but um, I didn't say anything bad. I said I said glowing things, and I just was like saying the glowing things that I wanted to say before, and I was correcting things that were in the mainstream that t- Tim wasn't perpetrating, but everyone else was about how the you know, the, how these exclusives and how these these pieces of original content were coming to light. And I t- 
took the opportunity first. I just said it in my newsletter. I was throwing a party that night, and um, it was when Frank Ocean came out, and I just uh, I, t- I said I said it in my newsletter, and then Tim wrote back, and he's like, "Can we make an article out of this?" And uh, it was it was awesome, and I'm so happy I did that. And uh, I won't, you know, I, I don't want to uh, betray anyone's confidence, but it was an incredible experience. It actually like rather than. Uh, piss people off. I had a lot of private conversations with people that I had previously not been able to like mend fences and, and bridge divide with, uh, that that article accomplished a lot. Um, anyway, so in my sort of like, since then I've basically like gone away from the world and now I'm, you know, returning and no better place than, uh, than Tim, than music business worldwide to to put some of that energy. The following MBW blog comes from Sean Glass, who's a lot of things, the founder of clothing line Small Difference and indie label Win Music for Two, and a prominent figure at Apple Music for a while, before and after that service launched in 2015. Sean is currently quarantined in Mexico and has launched this podcast, Tea with SG. <clears throat> and here is my article. We have 24 hours today. What to do with them? Puff Daddy said this during IMS LA, meaning anyone can do what he does. I converted to what is my ideal version of these 24 hours. Make that. Inertia is strong. It can create 15 very occupied years between the reason you took that internship at 20 and why you do what you do at 35 without questioning each minute decision as part of a whole life. This 24 hours is what it is because the preceding 24 hours and the upcoming 24 hours, and it just is what it is. It's hard to stop and examine. But the world imposed a pause, an undeniably terrifying, catastrophic, deadly pause, before it became trendy to avoid contemplation and you know we use the umbrella term anxiety now you're forced to contemplate your 24 hours isolated from any thrust of precedent or future by now i expect inertia has broken and your contemplation is cycling i have 24 hours everything i do should lead toward the universe i want to exist in so i want two things Everyone to make art for themselves and creatives to work together, build robust machines, replicate corporate influence rather than begging for access. I encourage you to take this time to make the art you truly want to exist in the world. Your fantasy song, not the directive given by an A&R or what's on playlists, make your imagination real. Now is the time. You have no reason not to. And it may elevate your entire existence. But what do you do with it? If there are people who speak your language, who want to hear it, how do you know? How do you get it to them? The internet brought us the inverse of what we expected it to. Rather than democratizing communication, it made so much noise that only the loudest is heard. Loud requires resources, money. That means consolidation. But only if creators and consumers allow it. Consolidation can be understood through radio. Once upon a time, Miami program director picked songs locals wanted. Someone did the same in New York, another in Boise. They didn't know each other, didn't care what the other played. Each had separate companies with infrastructure and overhead. Someone bought them, 
program director picked songs, but the company saved money, increased efficiency, combining infrastructure and overhead. It's better for the company if everyone wants Justin Bieber, then the program director can be centralized also. That is radio since the 1990s. The biggest story in music last week was Spotify's first quarter earnings. Uncontroversial, slight upticks in areas generally expected, ad revenue down, but nobody really cares. ARPU, which is uh, average revenue per user, is kind of scary, but nothing conclusive. Indies growing market share. Majors flattening is a false narrative. More players entered. Music for gaming and sleep. Functioning indie labels who employ people, develop artists, as, lo- as, as well as self-released artists, did not grow. Their neglect is still a significant problem. Now compounded by analytical press misinterpreting the numbers. Same thing with people thinking still that per play count is an issue. It's all about the percentage of the pie. There is no per play count. The bigger, much more controversial story is in movies, and it's more relevant as an analog. Trolls World Tour skipped theaters and released to PVOD, premium video on demand. The premium means you pay a premium, not a premium offering. During quarantine, it made big bucks, gross and percentage. Percentage of revenue share, that means. They're downplaying the international loss, though. Theater owners are furious. AMC and Regal say they will no longer play Universal Films when they reopen. Everyone is losing their shit. It sounds like a bunch of corporations fighting over stock-boosting headlines, but this conversation is an existential threat, not only to the cinematic experience, but creative diversity. Disney holds an historically unprecedented market share. Warner is the only marginal competition with multiple theatrical, multiple major theatrical releases and its own streaming service, which is HBO Max. Compared to Disney Plus, though, it's nothing. Universal has one big movie per year. Paramount and Sony have none. Theater owners bow to Disney and Warner. They trash Universal and they ignore Paramount and Sony. Disney and Warner are protected. I'll compare for music. One, theater owners play nice because they're so big. That can be compared to playlist control. Two, they consider subscriptions less an existential threat than a la carte VOD purchase. This is like passive versus active listeners. Majors are incentivized to make genres more important than artists or songs. Artists benefit from active lean-in listeners, though. Number three, theatrical releases sell streaming subscriptions. Streaming advertises theatrical. General marketing noise lifts all. This can be compared to major labels are market share driven, incentivized toward volume. Controlling the sales funnel means selling more tickets, shirts, all that stuff through these channels that they build. Number four, Disney and Warner slates are packed. Moving through their calendar is worth taking a box office hit on one film. Universal, though, they need their big hit to fully perform. This is like majors and tech companies want the platform to be the more important 
thing than the artist. They like the idea of, let me go turn on the radio or the TV or Spotify or Netflix more than I want to listen to X. A little bit more on this. There's been a misunderstanding of what listeners were really doing over the last, you know, 75 years. And when we thought we were going to go give them access to all the music of all time, we didn't understand that they didn't, most of them didn't really care. They didn't have this habit formed of like, I'm going to go listen to this particular record. Most listeners never did that. They just turn on the music thing, which was the radio. Similarly, Netflix understood this, that Netflix wasn't scared about not having their catalog because most of the people watching stuff are used to just, I'm going to come home, put my feet up, and turn on the TV. Turning on the TV turned into turning on the Netflix. Spotify understood that. Okay, moving on. Big three in film and TV are Disney, which makes franchises, Netflix, which makes social media stuff and the occasional auteur film, and HBO Warner, which replicates both of those, but poorly. Their most important creative executive is now at Apple. In my humble opinion, the garbage season three of Westworld signals the transition from the old great HBO. Richard Plepler is who I was referring to, who just did a Ridley Scott deal today. Like, they're, they're so good. And HBO, man, it sucks. Universal versus AMC gets a repeated, dedicated e-blast subject line in all major Hollywood trades. Disney and Warner skipping theaters, a should-be-equal violation, is relegated to daily wrap-ups. Netflix gets an e-blast anytime they greenlight even the least significant show. What I'm saying here is Universal versus AMC gets headline ink all the time. Disney and Warner doing the same thing gets nothing and Netflix gets tons of attention on just like random BS stories that are meaningless. Breaking all this down, less competition means more access, attention and money into fewer hands. Creative development consolidation means in order to make something big, it must fit their agenda. Distribution consolidation means to be seen, you must be distributed by one of them. Communication consolidation means without them, your PR ceiling is low. You generally must come up with an ancillary story beyond the art in order to get significant ink. This consolidation is an existential threat to creative diversity. And creative diversity is where all the good stuff comes from. Okay, so what? Stop making noise. Stop feeding the machine. Focus. Work only on that which is essential. Build. Talk to your friends. Team up. The internet is noisy. But it's also a toolkit, connection to anything and everything. You have the same powers as the corporations. You can replicate them. Replicate the campaign of the biggest artist in the world. Competitive advantage comes from experience, not resources. 
do a thing enough times and you figure out how to do a thing or you just know how to do a thing. Learn how to do a thing. Team up with someone else who knows how to do a complementary thing. Rinse and repeat. Boom. Quality comes from experience. Experience comes from resources. Major labels are a developed system that has been tested and vetted. Fires on all cylinders. Money simply buys what you can otherwise obtain through creation or connection. What is Drake? Look at his infrastructure. Friends. People from his youth. He's not a product of a machine. He received boosts from established pieces of the machine along the way, but his core team has always run things, made the machine work for them. Now they control the machine. This feels far off, but it starts somewhere. Grimes. Her creative partner is her brother, and every single collaborator she has is part of her tribe. Check out YouTube videos of her shows. You can see who's on stage. You can identify them individually over years. There's no in and out consultants. The label's a distributor. She makes an historically impressive amount of her creative output herself, and the rest come from a few people who she talks to every day. Oh, but she's all flashy now. You can't afford CGI or her production kit. Go watch her first video, filmed by her brother Mac, handheld at a football game. She's made massive visuals since, but that stadium video was the unforgettable moment that launched her. Frank Ocean. How does he impact? Not big singles or flashy videos. Ideas. Subtle ones. Tasteful. He achieved attention early in his career through songs and has since maturely navigated a personally tailored lifestyle and workflow that maintains a direct conversation with audience and peers. He could have made Runaway. He made a staircase with Tom Sachs. He could have launched a festival. He made a club night to promote AIDS prevention. He wore a t-shirt at an opportune moment. He unified gay and straight activism in the most covert way by pu publicly serenading an unexpected muse. He just drops music when it's right and we listen. Sophie. I don't even know where to start. Sophie is a political movement. I'll never forget when I had a label and the agent sent me the first two Sophie demos. I immediately skipped, like, what the fuck is this shit? A few minutes later, thought about it again, out of respect for the sender. And then I listened. Again. I called that guy back, and I was like, this is the future, isn't it? Sophie started with an identity, and that identity carries the output through today. Sophie has things to say uses art to speak. Do you have anything to say? Does anyone agree? Would join your cause? Frank Ocean has dreams. His art activates and embodies them. Do you have dreams? Who do you want to work with? What do you want your local club to be like? Grimes wants to make stuff. She uses the tools at her disposal, calls her family and friends to fill gaps. This stuff gets bigger and bigger. We all have access. And a lot of the music software companies are offered for free during quarantine. Drake has vision. He wants everything. He developed a skill set, identified those who shared his vision, invited them, encouraged them, led them. He fed them and keeps feeding them. Do you have vision? Do you have anyone that shares it, you think? Three have no reliance on any machine, yet you know them. One of them influences the biggest major label and biggest tech company more than any individual on earth. None of these archetypes are out of your reach. They share laser focus on the essential. 
They identify a world they want and deliver art that shapes it to their vision. They understand something. They have ideas. The world shut down. The machines are off balance. Stop taking things for other people. Stop making things for other people. Stop begging for relevance. Make things for yourself. Call your friends. Call people you've never called before but want to talk to, work with. They're sitting around inside somewhere. There's never been a better time to cold call or DM. Team up. Examples like Drake, Grimes, Frank Ocean, Sophie intimidate you? Okay. New York City, early 1980s. Lots of books written about this time. The most complete was Love Goes to Building on Building... Love goes to buildings on fire. My favorite is Swan's trans. <laughs> My favorite is Swan's sacrifice and transcendence. Most recently, Kim Gordon's Girl in a Band. Read and be inspired. Nobody had any money. Nobody knew how to do anything. The city was in complete chaos. Art was in complete chaos. There was no dominant sound trend. No system. Everybody just made stuff. They made stuff together. Found their people. A poet wrote a screenplay for a filmmaker whose photog friend became cinematographer, and the singer's band appeared in a scene with new film screened with new song filmed in a local venue that got record label to co-finance because soundtrack became an asset and shoot was catered by chef friend whose roommate was a famous model getting the chance to act and wearing her roommate's clothing line. Poet's journalist, roommate, interviewed star, and director for magazine whose boss hosted premiere event sponsored by Friends Liquor Brand who became new account in the venue they shot in. The film is good. That got them into festivals and late night TV, and all of a sudden, it's a thing, and everyone associated has inertia working for them rather than against. That is culture. Genres don't matter. Paradise Garage is known for disco, but everybody played there. Bad Brains headlined the final night of Max's Kansas City with the Beastie Boys opening. You know what is so fucking cool about right now? Everything I just said, you can do all of that yourself. There are no formal boundaries anymore. You can make films, music, magazines, clothes, all of it. Focus on the essential, though. Stop making noise. Stop trying to be relevant. Be in charge of building your universe. Make what you feel it needs. Escapist distraction art is over. Bullshit is over. Umami is over. I reference here the Umami Theory of Value article. It's linked in the article if you read. Uh, summarized, it's mediocre plus mediocre equals perceived value. Two things, two B-list things put together create more relevance and therefore for some reason over the last decade we've decided this is valuable. That is stupid. That's over. Who cares? Prioritize understanding. Make the essential. We don't have space nor time for meaningless collabs. Corporations are not the enemy. I repeat, corporations are not the enemy. They're not built to make things, though. Their directive is control. Their utility is amplification. Now is the time to achieve balance. A quick story before I wrap. I had a label a few years ago, independent, really entirely by myself, one employee. I was on a dance music A&R panel with five major label A&Rs. Audience member asked one, how is indie label 
can sign anything when the majors always swoop in and pay more. He posed the major A&R as a vulture feeding off of his work. The guy clearly had a personal story. The major A&R started defensively, and, and I respectfully interrupted, and I asked if I could take this one. Now, this was a fun panel for me. I was the fan favorite, the little guy up against the big ones. I told this audience member he had it all wrong. I was the bad guy. The major label A&R was the good guy. I was the one eating his lunch when this guy is supposed to be buying him lunch. I was the one on the ground, that being the club, doing the real A&R work, beating both of them to the hit records, not because of money, but good taste, effective planning, and relationships. His business model should be finding things early, making profitable hits himself, or selling them upstreaming to the majors once they heat up. He was in his own way. Major labels are not the bad guy. Again, I repeat, major labels are not the bad guy. Corporate directive is control, not production. Corporate means is communication, not even distribution. Production and distribution are the creatives, directive and means. And the consumer decides everything. An artist's ideal growth threshold is corporate exception, not corporate change. The best artists in the world make the system work for them. They don't care about changing the system. Now is the time to create balance in the production and distribution of the creative arts. Competition is necessary for diversity and diversity is necessary for quality. None come natural. They must be built. We build by making art for ourselves and taking responsibility for the system of production and distribution. This system is for the creator and the consumer. Everything else is in between. Corporations are middle persons. The creator and the consumer hold the power until they relinquish it. Make great essential art that you want, build a team, and you dictate the system for you. It's your 24 hours. You only get it once. Remember, they work for us. Make them. P.S. I wrote an addendum here. link to my new show that you're listening to right now and then a little bit i shut myself down from the world for the last few years lived out of a suitcase all over the actual world for a while it's been a really invigorating experience one that felt both like something i had to do and something i'm really proud that i was able to do i love all the work i did in the decade past but everything in this time brought me back to my core original ideas and philosophy that's what I've been working on, and I'm excited to be re-entering the world now at a time when we're all reevaluating our position. I think it's going to be beautiful. I just launched a podcast, Tea with SG. I have original music coming out this month. I was going to relaunch the clothing line. It's all sitting in storage, but the world isn't really buying clothes, I don't think. So that'll come later. I made a film. It's done. I have no idea what's going to happen with that, though. The world is weird right now. Oh, and I made an app. That's how I think everyone should communicate 
but I need more money to launch it. <laughs> and I've spent all my money on film and music. Hit me up if you want to talk about anything. I'm sitting on the ocean, solo quarantine in Mexico, doing remote sessions and swimming a lot. Love at Sean.Glass, at S.Glass, anchor.fm slash T with SG. Thanks for reading. Next episode, I'm going to do the addendum, which is all my favorite things from quarantine.